What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. And we are back, folks. T-double-B-L-C here. I am Curtis Quinn alongside my co-host, Drew Luster up in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Couple weeks off for the boys. Uh, had a little R&R. Went down to Sarasota. I played a little golf. I know Drew's been busy with work. But boy, oh boy, do we have a packed episode today. It's going to be a good one. Drew, how we doing today? And give us the holidays coming up. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy few weeks. I'm glad we're back in action. I know there's been, it seems like the last few weeks has just been a ton of content piling on top of itself so we have a ton to kind of review and go over today which i'm excited about i've been well uh the holiday season is upon us um you know unfortunately it may not be the same as it typically is but again i'm still trying to get that holiday cheer um a few weeks and i know we had you know we had talked about maybe doing an in-person pod a few months back i think now um if and when you end up coming back to the homestead um, once again here over the next you know month or so, I think we may want to make that possibility become a reality and try to get something going, even an Instagram live check-in of sorts. Who knows what we'll do, how we'll do it. And that. So that's something to stay on the lookout for. Um, and again, without further ado, day of the week is a good one for us. I'll tell you that right now. Tomorrow, Wednesday, December 16th is National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. Anything that you like chocolate covered, I know you like what they're called. I think they're called flips with yes. a Z, chocolate covered pretzels. There's really nothing like a little sweet and salty treat in the you know in the early afternoon to kind of as a little pick me up before dinner. So tomorrow, if you're one of those folks who likes something sweet and salty or really likes anything chocolate, tomorrow would be the day to go ahead and indulge and enjoy that. So yeah, for all the sensual people out there, maybe some chocolate covered strawberries with your significant other exactly what do they call that what is it called it's a, what are chocolate strawberries they're uh, a um what's the word you know the word yeah i can't think of it oh what is it does it start with like an eye or something aphrodisiac Leah yes said. leah Through from the, the bleachers holy shit <laughs> incredible recovery oh my god threw us the life the life draft when we thought we were going down Incredible, but yeah, tomorrow, enjoy those chocolate covered anything's. So, all right, just a one and done from you today. So surprising. Yeah, I know, short and sweet. I like it. Well, we'll just tumble on here. We'll get on to love of the week, which we haven't done in probably a month. So we need to get that out into the open. But don't you worry, since it's been a while, we're gonna also include a hate on the back end. Let's start out with your love again. first, Drew. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, so I didn't plan this at all, I promise you. But my love of the week is those small Hershey Kisses. I feel like I only eat them between the months of like, you know, really just December, like around Christmas time, maybe Thanksgiving. But like, I remember going to my Nana's house on Christmas Eve, and I'm talking like pounding, no joke, probably, I'm taking the over on 35 Hershey Kisses. Now just you're just talking, you, you said small Hershey Kisses, you're just talking normal size Hershey Kisses. I think I'm just talking normal, yeah, just like the normal ones that are like the size of your <laughs> thumbnail, kind of. Yeah. Well, there's the, to, to my defense, there's the, those the ones Nestle, that are The Nestle, like the bacon. Well, I was going to say the bacon ones that you could eat, no, like, that you would like the, if you're doing homemade bag. chip cookies or something. No, yeah. No. I'm talking the wrapped Hershey's brand ones. I can eat those like there's no tomorrow. If I get going, there's no stopping me. I remember a few weeks back I was getting pounded in fantasy and I had jokingly sent you a video of me just throwing back Hershey Kisses left and right to try to drown the pain and agony of defeat. But there's nothing like a Hershey Kiss. And as I kind of alluded to before, I remember I used to go to my Nana's house on Christmas Eve and me and Sean would just pound like probably 50 each and stuff the wrappers in the couch. And then my <laughs> dad and Nana and Grampy would find them like, days weeks months later all like the silver and you know yep. gold and red and green wrappers around and they knew who it was so my love of the week is hershey kisses 
just you know just enough to cure the sweet tooth maybe have some tomorrow if you want since it's the national day of chocolate covered anything but hershey kisses couple a couple of scumbags on the couch sounds like i had the bad habit of chewing the tinfoil wrappers i don't know why but i would i would just chew them did you you did, did you put did you i'm trying to wear this did you consume the Hershey Kiss like with the wrapper on it or add the no. or, or put the wrapper into your mouth after the fact? You after the fact it. and just chew it and then spit it out into the trash. I'm not eating the tinfoil. That's interesting. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. That's an interesting one. Maybe you thought it was that gum, the one that you can um you can eat the wrapper from or something. Who who the hell knows? I, yeah. I can't really defend you on that. No, it it was a bad habit, like I said. Uh my love of the week. I just, I mean, I got a couple, and I would just say it falls under, like, the alternative medicines or alternative therapies category. Uh, Okay. I've been going to chiropractor now for two weeks. I started PT. We're trying to to cure the bad posture on the upper back because I'm getting a little neck pain and upper back pain from sitting at the computer all day. Uh, So we're combating that with a little chiropractic and physical therapy. And then today, my my real love of the week, this happened just mere hours ago, float rest therapy. Uh, used to be called like sensory deprivation, but I think they got rid of that term because that's also what they use like interrogating people. Um, so they, <laughs> they went to rest is an acronym that stands for something that I'm just not entirely sure what it is. But the the basis here is, they load up a tub with 95-degree water, so it's near your body temperature. They put 1,000 yep. pounds of Epsom salt in the tub to allow you to then float on the surface with absolutely no effort. Holy and shit. I did this for 60 minutes. It's part of a trial they're doing on base, so I got to do it for free, which was nice. And what it's supposed to do is it's like a, a, a form of meditation, but... It kind of speed lines the process for people who can't unclutter the mind, which is nice because I can't sit down and not think of a billion things. Uh, and it, it also is like does a ton of stuff for pain relief as well as stress, anxiety, depression, stuff like that combat it. So gotcha. I had a great time. I Probably first 15 minutes I was still thinking of, you know, just the world. And then... I would say the last 45, I was solely focused on trying to get my body to the point where I couldn't feel anything. Like I was losing, losing like, uh, not losing feeling, but losing kind of sense of like what you were doing. uh, Yeah. Like sensory wise, like where my hand was or where my foot was. Yeah. 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 Because you're literally like, there's no muscles like being activated or anything by this and you're just laying there and i i felt like it was a little like tingly feeling of like numbing almost for especially your extremities like your hands and your feet yeah where i couldn't imagine in my mind if my hand was like clenched at the time or wide open or you know yeah it was unless i actively moved it then i could figure it out but it was pretty cool i liked it so I have some questions. Yes. I am the most, as you probably know, fidgety person with my leg, you know, coughing, itching, stretching, all of that. Yeah. Sneezing even like I can't stay still for more than a minute. Is the whole point to just stay completely still for like an hour on top of that water? Like, I no. So because you mentioned like losing, you know, sense of like if your hand was open or closed that type of thing so i'm just like curious if i like would i just not be able to do it or what or can you move like no i moved a a bunch i'm the same way whether it comes to like sleeping or something that i'm just always like moving around trying to get comfortable uh they recommended like you know five or six positions with your arms that can make it a little more comfortable uh but Think of you just laying down on like a waterbed or a Tempur-Pedic or something and how your body just contorts to that. Yeah, uh, I got you. Only this is like a hundred times easier because there's literally no pressure underneath you. That's wild. Yeah. And I felt like you can feel the water 
or the salt, I guess, the mixture holding you up. And I felt it mostly in my lower back and my hamstrings, which have been my problem lately, which is like, I guess the point, uh, it's kind of like stretching that out in a way, but yeah, yeah, you can move around a ton. I tried like every single position, uh, for, you know, 10 ish minutes and tried to get to the point where I lost the feeling and then I'd switch and do another one and get to the point where you lose the feeling. So it's definitely not a, you know, just stay still for 60 straight minutes. You could, I mean, you could easily you fall could. asleep in this tank. It's, they put on some meditation music. You That's can make it, make it real. You can make it pitch black if you want. Wow. I would do it at night. I would do it like right now. And I would just fade away into darkness. <laughs> I guess su- supposedly like elite athletes do it for like up to eight hours. I'm like, do they just go in there when they're supposed to sleep and just you know, yeah, maybe. sit in that That's salt insane. for eight, eight straight hours? That's pretty wild. I, I thought – I assume that this was part of like your physical therapy chiropractic regimen, but this is completely separate from that. Completely separate. Uh, it's – I think free up until the beginning of January. So I'm going to try to sneak one more in before I head back home. There you go. And then they're going to end up at some point making it like a paid service. But this is the trial period. Always get in on those medical trials, you know? Always get in on them. Imagine if you were in in the Moderna or the Pfizer. That would have been (laughs) sick. Yeah, I mean... There's I definitely don't know if a that's downside. Advice. Yeah. <laughs> but think of the upside. Reward, I guess you could call yeah, it. Absolutely. Well, we'll move into our hate of the weeks with, with all that love. What do you got for your number one hate of the week this week? Yeah. So I know we had initially planned to just do love and then I had sort of persuaded you. I said I had one top of mind. I had to get off my chest. This actually happened to me on, I think it was yesterday. Now I... This week feels like it's been a year long, but I guess it was yesterday. Uh, I was driving to my house in East Gloucester, and I was passing like the old uh, Smoke and Jim's barbecue and like espresso right before Richdale's, and I ended up getting caught behind a school bus that was actively dropping kids off, (laughs) and this was on my lunch break where I don't have all the time in the world. I'm... You know, I have to be get to point from point A to point B. I have things to do, people to see. I can't even begin to explain in words how frustrating it was to watch the bus <laughs> stop one, two, three, six times in between Smoke and Jim's Barbecue and Rocky Neck. It Let was. Me... I wanted to scream, and I can't pass it because they put up the the cheesy stop sign comes out. Yeah. And they say, stay 100 feet back, and there's kids coming out going left and right. I, oh my God, there's nothing worse. And I feel kind of like a scumbag getting mad because you absolutely do. I know the exact feeling. Innocent youths just, you know, being returned to their respective homes after after receiving their education. There's no reason for me to be frustrated, but I just was. I was in a position where I had, you know, it was a Monday, Monday blues, cold and dark out, and it got to me, I got to say. So, that's there's happened. just nothing worse than just being stuck behind a bus, especially one that's dropping people off. Yeah, that's happened. Kids off so many times. Uh, you're definitely not alone there. I, I feel the same thing, but I will say, I think if we get you on this float regimen, that you won't even you won't even care <laughs> if you're behind that school bus. I could be behind it for four hours, and I won't blink an eye. No. Fair oh enough. man. All right. My hate of the week. Yeah. Simple one related to fantasy football. I am now officially out of both my leagues. I was two for two at making the playoffs, and I went zero and two in the first round this this year. Uh, at least you made the playoffs. I I was three, so there you go. Yeah, it was. You know, it's good to be in the arena. But I will say, my sole hate of the week this week is the fact that I ended up winning my division. I had the most points in my division, yet I did not get a division buy. We went with the top two records in the league to get buys, which I am totally fine with, Drew, if yep. we do a non-division-based schedule. It makes absolutely no sense uh, if you're no, going to play people in your division twice, which you could be in a better division. Which and we then were, get, arguably. Yep, and then get absolutely railroaded in the in the record side of things because 
the other division had two people who were basically blind running fantasy teams. <laughs> I, w- I will agree with you there. I think I'm going to be honest with you. I think at the beginning of the year in like July, August, I had voted for top two overall teams. You did. But, but the fact that we did the fact that when we started the season, it was by division and nobody knew what the playoff structure looked like until literally the day of was what frustrated me more than any the disorganization the chaos the disagreeing the poor planning all of that is kind of what got to me else yeah but i, I mean, totally understand this year and hate of the year up there with covid could possibly be you know the leadership in this league it's one of the worst run leagues of all time and i don't know if i'll be sticking around next year that is a statement right now could that just be a a Des Bryant like statement from last week when he got uh he tested positive for COVID and then said he's retiring. Is this just an emotional type of, you know, you come off a top you you grind all year, you get in the playoffs, you, you kinda get smacked around a, a bit from a dear friend and then uh is is the emotions kinda catching up to you here or do you really you really no, feel that way? I, I don't think so, Drew. I, I have felt this throughout the entire year. We've had scandals once again. Uh, the John trade scenario where he yep. didn't get a trade pushed through and it was voted on by the entire league, but yet the commissioner and two other people who had, vested, who had vested yeah. interests against the trade. We have a 12-person yep. league. Three people voted against it, and the three people somehow got their way is an absolute joke. Uh, not to mention, if I if I did, you know, go on to another league, I think we'd just form kind of a coalition of a league with the same people. But we're probably eighty five percent of the league we have now. Correct, but say here are the rules. You know, where we can do away with the voting on it, whatever. If you don't like the rules, don't join the league. And yeah, pay your goddamn dues up front. Pay your damn dues on draft day, or the or before, or you lose a pet cutthroat well like that that. let's uh get on from our hate we'll move into the nfl news uh this week upcoming what the playoff picture may look like but first i want to start off you have some things to address i believe this is going to be one of my favorite topics i want to hear your top three if not top five coaches to axe list i'm going to start off here because you know me, one of my biggest probably grievances with the NFL is the certain head coaches that for some reason keep getting hired back even though they absolutely stink at their job. I can give you my top three right off the bat. Would you like me to go first or would you like to take the floor and lead us? I'd like to take the floor. Uh, Okay. And this is my segment. I don't want you to steal my thunder. Okay. Uh, Number one. Yep. This one, not Wait, only... so are you going three to one? Is is this in terms no. of like how bad they suck? This is, what is this is number one of my three. Number one in terms of should have been canned years ago, like worst coach of the three. Yes, in okay, I would say should have been canned last year, but okay, this year has just been an absolute disaster with the talent he has, and I think his entire coaching staff should also be relieved of duty. <laughs> Uh, that is Anthony Lynn in the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know, Drew, if you caught the absolute travesty that happened at the end of the first half this past week, but mm. they had about 20 seconds left. It's uh, it's like third down and one. They actually get the first down, and the ref gives them just an, a piss-poor spot, but yep. they ended up running like a halfback draw. And so now it's fourth and inches because the spot's awful. They cannot spike it. Do they have any timeouts, it. though? They, no. They must have a timeout, right? <laughs> they must be able to call a timeout after the halfback draw with 20 seconds left in the half. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you would have thought. You would have been like, you know, that's probably not the best idea because if we get stuffed here, yeah, the, the half's going to run out unless we run a play just to score a touchdown, right? Like yep, you can't yep. run the field goal team out there. There's just no way you can get it at that no. point. There's like 13 seconds left on the clock. You got to get everybody lineman included off the field, shift the other line in there and, and get the kickoff. That's a lot to ask for 
from your entire team, not just like one unit. Well, we get down to about, I don't know, there's 14, 13 seconds left. The clock's ticking, fourth and inches, and they start lining up. I'm like, okay, they, you know, there's on the four-yard line, like you kick the field goal here, ideally, yeah, but th- this is a pretty good shot at a touchdown. You just snap the ball. You got to run your play here. You can't run that field goal team out there. Well, I don't know, 10 seconds left. All of a sudden, there's like seven other people on the field from the field goal unit, oh and they're God. all standing at the line. And, you know, you need four more people plus the freaking kicker and the like the kicker and the holder being the two of them. And they're not out on the field yet. The offense starts running off the field. Drew, Just it chaos. wasn't it wasn't even close. Zero seconds and they hadn't even got like the kick, the the oh snapper God. set. It was oh pathetic. God. Pathetic. He should have been fired at halftime. Yeah, like immediately after that needs to be fired. And he was then seen on the telecast yelling at his OC like it was his like yes that is absolutely part of the problem like the halfback draw but the halfback draw didn't mean you couldn't get like any points there whatsoever which is exactly absolutely wild that they tried to run the field goal unit out there which would then be on the head coach like that's not at all the uh OC there that's the head coach's decision. Yeah, field goal unit go with 13 seconds left in the clock running trying to get a field goal off. Are you kidding me? I agree. Whew. That was, a, that was a tall order right there to get through that one. Number two. <laughs> hey, number two. Number this guy two. has been on my list probably for five to six years. He started out with the Green Bay Packers. It's Mike McCarthy down in Dallas. Drew. Oh, my God. What? Just- Miserable. The fact that he's going to be able to roll through this year, it doesn't matter what the... He could lose the rest of the games. He's still coming back next year. I just think it's a joke with how pathetic that team was early on in the year defensively. And they'll say, oh, well, he's an offensive-minded coach, blah, blah, blah. You have one of the best offenses in the league. You can't hire somebody who is capable to get that which is a talented defense. Like they have a talented linebacker core there to mm-hmm. not let up 40 plus to the likes of like Cleveland, who's turning out to be a good team, but come on like 40 plus early multiple times. Mike McCarthy got to go number two on my list. Number one on my all time list. Shouldn't be hired again. <laughs> and then number three, I have to go to Adam Gase. And there's I mean, you more. have to. There's more out there, but you cannot lose every single game in a season and come back. It's the Hugh Jackson who I called for, you know, years ago to be fired from the Browns after he went, what, 1-31 in in two seasons. The fact they kept him around after a one-win season. No, it was after a zero-win season, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, 1-31 in in two years. And the worst part about that, sorry to cut you off, was at one point, I think it was middle to late of his second year, he had the Ganads to come out to the media and say, this job's a lot harder than it looked. Nobody could be doing this job better than better. I can. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, Hugh, like, if you really want to look at the numbers and dive into things, Hugh, there's, there's very few people, people who, could who could do worse than you. have one you. win. Yeah. There's very few who could do worse than you, Hugh. It's, it's actually quite <laughs> astounding how few could do worse than you did in Cleveland for two years. <laughs> But Adam Gase, I I actually watched the, the Jets this week because I had fantasy interest uh, being against Seattle. And Sam Darnold actually impressed me a little. I haven't watched a lot of Sam Darnold. I know he's, you know, kind of dumb decision-making with the ball, doesn't throw it away, has, like, Carson Wentz issues in that retrospect. But he also got, like, absolutely <laughs> bum-rushed every single play so i can i can see how the mistakes and stuff come out when you're just trying to escape for your life every single time which falls on the coach that they can't protect you know who's going to be your star quarterback and i like mike mccarthy they've basically said he's coming back next year yeah i i know we've talked about this before i think that unfortunately the dak injury saved him another season with his job We've we've already discussed this part too that I'm gonna say it shouldn't, but unfortunately, given the circumstances of that injury, I think it will. Yeah. Um, Can I give an honorable mention too? 
You can because I just added one to my list as well, so you read my mind. This is an honorable mention that like you'll probably be a little surprised at, but Bruce Arians is so bad. It's he's just so horrible, Drew. The the third down (laughs) in in short calls that I keep seeing and he's now deferred it to like, oh, Tom's calling the plays. I've heard a billion things out of that, like a head coach's office, which when I guess I'm just not used to that, being a, a Pats fan with Belichick and him keeping everything, you know, tight-lipped kind of. But yeah. no other team in the league is talking as much as Bruce Arians is. So for that reason, uh, as the Shark Tank would say, I'm out. I'm out. I mean, he – he bothers me. I think they have so much talent and to watch them just go on these roller coaster rides where they look unstoppable in their, you know, coming back from 14, 17 point deficits late in the ha- late in the second half and then watching them again teams like Green Bay where they had everything ahead of them or was, or am I thinking no, I'm thinking backwards. I'm thinking of other situations where they come out and they just look like garbage like against the bears i mean if, if like they're almost uh, arians is almost allowing them to play down to certain opponents it's it's unfortunate given how much skill they have i'm definitely curious to see how they continue on down the stretch into the playoffs because they are they've certainly i, I wouldn't say digress but they've sort of came back down to earth uh, in comparison to what we thought they might have been coming into the year definitely all right give me give me any of yours uh maybe that differentiate or just some expanding comments on why yep. <laughs> the others need to go. So I'll go from three to uh, three to one and then add my honorable mention. My third I'll start off with is a little bit different and it's solely based on one story that I actually read uh, today. This is Zach oh Taylor God. of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, there were multiple reports out that um, a lot of folks within that organization are completely shocked and surprised that the Bengals have even won two games this year based on the way that Zach Taylor runs the football team. (laughs) Um, An example, a great example of this is when, uh, obviously, as you know, Joe Mixon has been on IR. He's been off and on the field all year. I know he's been out for a pretty uh, extended period of time down the stretch this year. So they've obviously gone to Gio Bernard for the bulk share of their carries on offense and um, quick little tidbit stat for you. He has not coughed up the rock since 2013. And it has really been on the, he's been on the team, I believe his entire career. That's he's also, he's also one of their captains on their team. He fumbled uh, early on in that game. And Zach Taylor chose to basically sit him for the majority of the rest of the game to try to prove a point a team captain, a guy who hasn't coughed up a fumble since 2013 on a two-win team, I just feel like that's that's quite the short leash for a guy like that um, who has a voice in that locker room. I don't think it looks good. And um, if that's the story, the type of story that we're hearing, you know, out on Twitter and Instagram and stuff, I can only imagine the type of idiocies that are occurring in the locker room. Um because it's not like they don't have a lot of skill. I think their offensive line is lacking and their defense is a little weak. But outside of that, in terms of weapons and, you know, a promising quarterback, they're in good shape. I just – I don't even really know who Zach Taylor is. He's not flashy and he kind of seems like a D-bag. So he's in my number three slot. Okay. Then we then go to Adam Gase in the two slot. He probably should have lost his job last year. He is supposed to be an offensive mastermind and – a QB whisperer and all this. And he's basically just, I mean, is he not like, that's what people are saying on everywhere. No, that's the, that's the deal. But that line is so bad. I just don't know how, even if, you know, they're going to get the, the first pick or whatever, like if they get, say they get Lawrence, what, what does that do at all? Like with that same team? Nothing. Because unfortunately they're in a position where they have too many holes to just keep drafting quarterbacks. You got to keep filling all of these major gaps you have, like draft drafting, I believe it was Makai Becton out of Louisville last year, the left tackle. Yep. They just need to keep plugging holes like that where, you know, a guy, a glue guy like that who's going to help you come in and help your team immediately instead of swinging and missing on receivers and quarterbacks. But, and I think Darnold's good enough. 
That's that's the other thing yeah. of like I I just think he's flat out good enough. I hope the Pats get Darnold. Say they do uh, take Lawrence and then have to dish Darnold. Yeah, if that's the way they go, like they're not. I would assume they're not going to sit Trevor Lawrence for a year for like development no. under Sam Darnold. Yeah, no, I don't think that would be the case. In a, in a perfect world, I mean, I'm down for that. That would be, like you said, I have full. I will. I won't say full confidence, but I think he's definitely better than. He can push the ball down the field, and clearly Belichick doesn't believe in Stidham for obvious reasons. I mean, he hasn't given him a single ounce of a chance all year. And Cam is is becoming a bit of an eyesore for me personally. Um, just really can't – can't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just execute in like key situations. But that's a conversation for another day. I have to give a shout-out there to Mike Doherty. He's been on the same wavelength as me uh, as far as the – I like Darnold coming to the Pats uh, and a couple other things this week that I'll bring up, but go ahead. You're number one if you don't have any more expanding information. Yeah, number one is Anthony Lynn. Pretty easy, like, like <laughs> you said. Um, I'm going to go back two weeks and give the the listeners a couple more examples. There were four different times, um, special teams specifically, where the Chargers looked like they were – they basically look like my dad who has experienced coaching C team chart West Gloucester charges could have done a better job, you know, getting through to that team. First time I, now this is in no particular order, but off the top of my head, based on memory, we Gunnar Olszewski returned a punt for a touchdown. So you let up a punt return for a touchdown. You let up a punt block for a touchdown. You then at one point send out 12 guys on a punt return and then the next time you only send out 10 guys on a punt. So you get a um, an extra guy on the field, a penalty there. Then you send out 10 guys, which is probably, I mean, probably the one that Gunner took to the house. So on special teams alone, that's four occasions off the top of my head where a high school team shouldn't even be making those mistakes. Yeah, and I like how you brought up that Pats game because I didn't, for my argument, I didn't even think about how bad that game was, and that was only a week prior because I was so focused on the absolute catastrophe that happened at the end of the half. Yeah, and, you know, obviously I know Belichick has always had a knack for shutting down rookie QBs and making them come back down to earth, and the Pats played their nuts off last, not last week, the week prior, obviously, against the Chargers, and made Herbert look like he's never played an NFL game before. So credit to them. But with that many weapons on that team, and I know you're well aware of of two of them who you got to manage this year in our league. But, I mean, come on. There have been times this year where the Patriots have looked like hot butter, just a knife through hot butter all game, letting up 400 yards and, you know, 200 yards rushing and 400 yards in, in the air. So for the Chargers, now I have no you know, gripe about this. I was happy to see the Pats win, but for the Chargers to look as bad as they did against a defense that I honestly don't think is anything special with those weapons yeah. is is quite the quite yeah. the scene. Think about and that. It, I mean, just talk yeah. about the top three they got there, and it's going mean, to be Keenan on the outside, Hunter Henry as your tight end, and then yeah. Eckler out of the backfield as one of the best backs in the league as a, as a dual threat. Yeah, it's it's outrageous, and to watch. Herbert scramble across the field, throw across his body to Winovich, like just things like that that just shouldn't be happening. And I I gotta give credit to Belichick, but obviously Anthony Lynn just he doesn't seem like he has that. I don't know I, I mean, I'm gonna give all I mean, all the blame is on him, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. I don't blame the players at this point because that that locker room has been lost probably since October, just given the lack of leadership. I mean it's it's disgusting. So Anthony Lynn is number one, clear cut. We could not be in more agreement on that. And then my honorable mention is a little bit different off the board. This is one that I don't think a lot of people would. I hope would, you. Would, I hope you say who I forgot to mention. Would say, but from what I've seen this year from this team outside oh, of this I love week, it. it's gonna outside, be him. outside of this week. From what I've seen from this team has been downright despicable. Uh-huh. And I know they've had a ton of injuries, yeah. but everybody has injuries. Okay. And part of being a good coach is plugging and chugging Give players <laughs> in and putting them in a position to succeed. And it's Doug Peterson. 
Oh, no. I yeah. wasn't going to go there. Okay. And, and here's a couple things. So <laughs> I, they've had a few, a handful of primetime games this year where I just feel like he's trying to sort of outdo himself and, you know, just, just he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. He's trying to do quadruple reverses and flips and the Philly special and all this jazz. And he's losing 13 yards here, nine yards here. He just seems like he's outdoing himself. And again, he has some good weapons too. Miles Sanders is, is in my mind, an elite running back. You saw this week, if you give him the ball in space, he's going to make things happen. And I don't mean to cut that wound any deeper than it already is, Kurt. I swear to God, I forgot about that. But yeah, Miles Sanders played his nuts off. And he again, Jalen Hurts played well. So I'll give credit to them this week, but outside of this week, the Eagles, in my mind, should be in the conversation where the Washington football team are and the Giants, where they're on the up and up, and there's been, you know, some flashes of of good football being played. But watching the, you know, and maybe this is more on the offensive coordinator, but just the play calling alone has just been, and, and I'm an average Joe too, has has just been horrific. And again, they have pretty good pieces on both sides of the ball. And for them to really, you know, get their shit rocked as much as they have this year has been brutal. And, um, you know, part of it too is just the fact that he, he he decided to come out with a book after he won one Super Bowl with a backup quarterback on a fluke year. And now he thinks that he's untouchable and he's in the, you know, Andy Reid, Belichick, you know, conversation. He's not even, he's not even in the, Shanahan and the guy for the Rams there. He's not even McVay. he's not even at the at the in the basement of that of of even being remotely a credible coach in my mind. I don't care that he won a Super Bowl. It was fluky as hell with Nick B D Foles. So I'm yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just the bias in me, but Doug Peterson I don't think is as good of a coach as as he's cracked up to be. And I'm I'm sick of people saying, Oh, he has a Super Bowl layoff him. I don't care. If you write a book, that was a little bit of a rant. Some would say. If you write a book, if you write a book after you win a Super Bowl, you should consistently win above win above ten games and be a contender year in and year out, regardless of the the roster that you have. That's how I feel, and it's just not the case with the Eagles. Um, and before I forget, am oh I, my God. before I forget, was the one that I, was the one you were gonna say? Was it Sean Payton? No, 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 no. It was gonna be that's hey. That's a good honorable mention, though, Drew. I like that. We could, because we could take, dig into don't that. Don't even let me. Don't even if you let me talk about Taysom Hill, we're going to be at till eleven thirty. So I'm not going to go. Okay. There. No, my one I want to actually replace Adam Gase with and put Adam Gase on the honorable mention, as ridiculous okay. as that sounds, is <laughs> is Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Oh, you hate Mike. See, I I actually I've haven't really minded Mike Zimmer as much because he's not in this. I don't think he's as bad as these guys. These guys are horrendous. Uh, he is one of the all-time <laughs> worst clock managers you've ever seen. And you just don't notice because you may not watch a lot of Vikings games. I've been a big Kirk Cousins fan since he's been since he was formerly yeah. on the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. <laughs> that's, a le- that's a legal issue that you just said that. I phone. said formerly. Is that, does that make it okay? Yeah. I, don't know. I said okay. formerly the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. Okay. Touche. Ditto. Whatever, touche. So shut shut your trap over there. (laughs) Uh, Yes. And the fact that I think Kirk should throw the ball more, I also think it's pathetic that he's a defensive-minded coach that gets lit up for a 40 for the past, like, I don't know, two, three years. They lose to the Packers twice a year. It's a guarantee. By 80 combined. I just do not like his track record on a team that like we've said has so much talent yeah and they just underperform seemingly every year yeah that's all i got i i would agree i think this year especially i've noticed like they're supposed to be a team who you know can score between 17 and 21 points a game and that'll that'll get them the win that's i think ideally what mike Zimmer wants but they're letting up between 35 and 40 a game. Um, and again, like you said, they have too much skill on paper to be that bad, to be a team, a bubble team. You know, they should be, I think, clearly in the playoff mix. And I don't know what it is. It's obviously defensively they haven't been as great. 
I think offensively they've been, you know, actually pretty darn good this year. Dalvin Cook has been outstanding. Uh, Thielen and then Justin Jefferson obviously has been one of the best surprises of that last year's draft. But that's the thing, like their Achilles heel, which it should be the opposite, is their defense this year just coughing up, you know, 30, a 40 billion. points a game. It's ridiculous. And then that's where you start to get away from your strength, which is feeding Dalvin Cook 35 times. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on uh, to more NFL talk here, but I just want to toss out a hot take from one of our fan submissions. This one coming from the great one, Mike Doherty. Yep. He said, Jalen Hurts will be better than Lamar. Slightly less athletic running with a far superior arm. Do you agree with that hot take? 100%. I think he's... <sighs> I think the word I would use is, and now this is personally, I think as a person, but also on the field, he's a little bit more conservative. I think he's more of a game manager. I think, you know, he's not going to be flashy. He's not going to, like you said, run for 150 yards and two touchdowns, but he's going to scramble and get out of the pocket and pick up yards if he needs to on third and three. Um, and he protects the football from what we saw. I know like it's a Russell Wilson-esque? Yeah, almost like Russell Wilson, but obviously beefier, like taller and probably thicker too. Like I'd almost compare him to hmm. a Big Ben. Maybe Big Ben like eight years ago. Yeah, circa 2010. <laughs> yeah, like just just a tough guy to bring down, is going to stand tall in the pocket and, you know, is definitely someone who you need to game plan for getting out of the pocket and picking up chunks of yards. And I think part of the reason why you saw their running game excel so much last week is because they ended up having to account for his legs too, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Where before, I mean, Wentz looks like just a lost puppy. Zero, you know, wherewithal in the pocket, no, really no sense of where he is in the pocket. Most sacks and picks in the NFL in the last two years, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I would agree with that take. I think I have rooted for Jalen Hurts. I think his attitude since he left – Alabama has been superb. I think he he seems like a good guy and a fun fun guy to root for. So I'm all aboard the Jalen Hurts train. Maybe more of a modern approach instead of the Big Ben comparison would be like a Jared Goff or a Josh Allen type of mobility. Josh Allen, I think, is a good comparison. Okay. Uh, do you have any hot takes this week? Hmm... Maybe mm-hmm. we'll we'll shift our fire into some playoff predictions. Give us some of your bubble teams. Uh, who's going to make it? Who's not? Let's talk Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Who's going to make it? Who's not? So I don't know, man. It's well, they're both going to make the playoffs, are they not? Uh, I believe I believe they'll both make it because so Pittsburgh... yeah, you got you got Buffalo and Chiefs are going to win the divisions. Uh, and then you get two wild cards. Oh no, it's three wild cards, isn't it? Yeah, three. It'll there's an extra team in each. Uh... Yeah. That threw me for a loop. Then, yeah, because then you get the other division of what Titans, Colts there. Yeah. Okay. That. Damn it. Well, that that makes it a lot less. I don't fun. think so though, because I think you bring up a good point. Miami because... would be like a spoiler, but they just lost. Yeah. I I think now if you want a hot take I'll give you one I think the Browns end up going farther than the Steelers this year, the Steelers have been exposed the last two games, they're playing bad and I think everybody is sort of, I mean you heard what Josh Allen said before the game people are just going in and want to smack them in the mouth for all the dancing and joking that they've done for the last two months, um, so they have a major target on their back, and I know the NFL isn't a place for moral victories and and celebrating losses but the way that Cleveland played last night. They're not the old Cleveland Browns whatsoever. They're, excuse me, the weapons that they have on offense are deadly. I think the duo of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is is huge for them. And then having a guy like Jarvis Landry on the outside, who I I can't believe I'm saying this, but is actually a th- throwing the ball too. I mean, they've done more of that, you know, the laterals and trick plays than anyone. And Baker, I know a ton of people aren't really his biggest fan, Uh you know, the way that he kind of carries himself and the way he has a big mouth, but he's been playing really good football over the last month or so. So if he can continue that and the defense can hang tough, 
I think they'd be in good shape. I, I, the Browns are a team I'm rooting for. So I think they can be not a surprise team. Cause I mean, look at their record, but I think they can be a team that not a, a lot of people expect to maybe get to, you know, the divisional round or possibly contend for uh, an AFC championship. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Totally. Uh, so I'll give you the bubble teams right now. Yep. Uh, they got, this is not updated, but they got Miami uh, being the last ones in. Mm-hmm. At, oh, no, it is updated. Eight and five. A week 14 match. No, they don't have it updated. So they're eight and six now. Mm-hmm. Oh, are they? No, because we're through 14 weeks. They had to have had a buy in there, right? Yeah. Anyways, Miami and the Ravens are those two bubble teams. Uh, do you see... Miami getting in over the Ravens. Then you got Colts, Browns, uh, Titans, and Bills all above. Yeah, all those teams should get in, will get in. I don't believe in the Ravens at all, to be honest with you. What about I think... the Raiders? Are they are they out? Are they too far back? The Raiders are sliding very fast. I believe they're seven and. So are we through fourteen weeks? You said. Yeah, which means they had a bye. They're seven and six. Yeah, so the Raiders are a team who a month ago you could have said is going to probably, you know, be like the Titans of last year, maybe come in and ruin a couple team season. But they've sort of come back down to earth a little bit since then. Don't really believe in them much. I think they're they're too inconsistent. Um, but, yeah, I, I, like the, I like Miami. I just don't know if they have enough gas in the tank. It honestly comes down to strength of schedule down the stretch the last few yes. weeks. and. And that's the biggest part for me. Which I believe the Browns have kind of gotten through their hardest, so I like them. Uh, I mean, the Steelers, if they have another game, they're possibly giving up that seed to the Bills if they continue to lose, if the Bills continue yeah. to, to press on. The Bills are impressive lately. Uh, Very. I would say, other than the Chiefs, they're my favorite to make it to the AFC Championship out of the AFC. And then let's move on to the NFC. Let's. So we got Packers as the number one with the Saints as the number two. And then in the hunt, we have the Rams, Washington, Seahawks, Bucks, Cardinals, with the Vikings and the Bears on the bubble. Oh, how gross. How gross is right. I like the... Let me look. I like all the guys who are, you know, already in currently to to hold their hold their head. You know, yep. maybe Washington if somebody gets hot in that division because everybody's got so few wins. I like the way there. Washington's playing. It, I mean, that division may not be squared up until the last second of the last week of the regular season. The way that has went all year, yep. who the hell knows who's going to be the team who looks good in that week? And so that's a mystery to me. The poor Cardinals. We talked about them a few weeks ago as a team who we saw, who we thought could be a surprise this year. I don't know if they've won a game since we talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's... Like it feels like a month ago. And now, that's another team like the Raiders who have just slid right out of playoff contention. It's sad to watch, but it, it's what's happening right in front of our eyes. They also have a brutally tough division to then you know play their yeah. last four or so games that are or what do they have? Week 15, six, three, three more games left. So yeah. They'll be playing, you know, Seattle, San Fran, and who's the last one? Rams. Yeah, I mean, that's as that's pretty much as bad as it gets. Um, out of the NFC, I, like, uh, I'm going to give you a sleeper, and I'd like one from you as well on a team okay. who, similar to the Titans, could get hot and maybe go on a run. Yep. I'm going to go – you may not like this pick, but I'm going to go with the Washington football team. Their defense is playing great football. If Alex Smith can get back and just manage the game, if they get Antonio Gibson back and McLaurin gets hot again, they could. I think they could come in in a wild card game and dethrone a team on the road, and maybe make it, you know, make it a challenge for a team in the divisional round. I I know it's crazy to say, but Ron Rivera probably will win Coach of the Year. Hey, I think you she, forget they're getting home field too. Like they're not going anywhere. They're getting the home field advantage if they hang on to that division. So a wild card's coming yes, to them. That's true. If they hang on to the division lead, you're right. They'll end up getting hosting a game. I think they're a team who, if again, 
barring, you know, Alex Smith coming back, Antonio Gibson coming back, that offense clicking on all cylinders again, I think they could mess up a couple teams' seasons. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen the 49ers the past couple of weeks just, like, win a couple to see if Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo could have came back because, yeah. like you said, like these teams I'm looking at, the Seahawks, Bucks, and Arizona is the last three in right now. Yeah. Talk about atrocious defenses and just absolute sporadic like week to yeah. week of what they bring to the table. I, I don't like Seattle. I don't like... I wonder what happened with them because I, a month ago I like the Bucks a little better because they do show like occasionally their defensive front can dominate a game, but they just don't yeah. bring it every week. So I no. don't like any sleepers really coming out of that. Other than I do like the Rams, like I've said all year, I kind of find them as just a complete team. You know, pretty solid on defense, pretty solid on yeah. offense, and with a good yeah. coach. And what's interesting with Seattle too is, I mean, and before I jump to Seattle, the Rams. The Rams proved something to me on last Thursday that a team like that down the stretch against a team like the Patriots, that's exactly what should happen in a game like that if you're as good as you think you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're the Rams and you come in on Thursday night at home against a team like the Patriots, that's exactly what you that's exactly what should happen. <laughs> so I it was unfortunate to watch, but the Rams are, like you said, a damn good football team. Their defense is is playing outstanding football and offensively, the number they're, they're if the, if they can get their running game going, they are terrifying, because having Higby and Everett at tight end, having Cup, having uh, Woods, and then the other kid there, running all around the field crazy, and I I believe actually Woods and Cup lead the league in yak yards after catch as well. Um, so they're what some would call slippery as well. So in the playoffs, you need a few extra yards. You're fighting for the first down. Those are two guys that you're going to go to in crunch time and are, you know, 99.9% chance they're going to produce. But real quick, back to Seattle. They're another team who, like a couple months back, we were all aboard the Seattle train. We lo- we thought Russell Wilson was going to win MVP. Again, it was just going to come down to the way their defense has played. But ironically, since then, I mean, not that their defense has played that much better, offensively they just haven't been where they were at the beginning of the year and it's unfortunate to watch because i like seattle i like russell wilson they're a fun team to root for again but i don't know what's going on with them they're a team that i think could get bounced early if it's a you know depending on the matchup yeah yeah and let's wrap up the nfl talk there uh let's move on here to you know the the hot news of the Twitter sphere of the social media platforms right now. And that is the prospects of Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor. I want to get your thoughts on this, Drew. Yeah. So this is, um, boy, oh boy, this is an interesting one. I think, I don't think it's going to happen. I want it to happen because I think Conor McGregor would destroy Jake Paul and I know everybody's saying it's boxing. You know, Jake Paul's actually a good boxer, blah, blah, blah. I I, I don't really care, simply put. I think Conor McGregor is a <laughs> professional combat fighter. I think he would literally cave Jake Paul's face in. And I would love to see it on national television. I mean, and it's not even about the money. Like, I don't know if he's trying to hype up the fight, but he's trolling conor mcgregor's trainer throwing stuff at him in the street following conor mcgregor's just conor mcgregor's yeah, wife on instagram a, like a misdemeanor just, in the streets yeah just being a, an absolute moron so i although i don't think it's gonna happen it would be incredible to watch mcgregor just pound the kid yeah and i think you know what people are forgetting of you know like the the doubt of can if McGregor goes in there and say he doesn't knock him out in the first or like the second and it goes yeah. the full fight or he just Jake Paul hangs in there for like three rounds or four four rounds like McGregor did uh, against Floyd. How many rounds did McGregor go? Like five or six, maybe? It was a ten round fight. Yeah. But if that's the case, the narrative shifts to well, Jake Paul hung in there, like with an elite athlete 
you know, now he's being compared to elite athletes around the globes. Yeah. And not, not just absolute schmucks who have never boxed a day in their life who then walk into the ring with this kid who literally dedicates his life now to boxing. Also, what's with his affinity of like fighting shorter people who don't weigh as much? He's He's got right. that like that bully complex scenario like going in his head, which just makes me and the rest of the world hate him even more, I feel like, which is definitely part of the stick to drive up the fanfare. I will never pay for any of those fights after watching Pacquiao Mayweather years back, and it was just absolutely disgustingly bad. Yeah, we uh, learned our lesson on that one, didn't we? I wait for you know the videos to come out after on Twitter, and they're usually within five minutes after the fight of some highlights, so I just exactly. sit there and wait. But yeah, no, I agree with you on that, that it's the fact that McGregor's an elite, combat athlete it's not like he's going in there with no experience and yeah he lost to floyd but floyd's the best boxer of all time too mm-hmm. so i would love to see just a a full right hook from mcgregor to land and and see how that one shakes him or somehow mcgregor just says f it takes off the gloves gets him in a chokehold and just snaps his spine backwards and makes and just feeds it to him on live tv oh, just boy. goes all just the wires cross and he just goes full psychopath. I mean, would it shock you? Like he's thrown straight like chairs through bus windows. Full I was going to say that like, with care. all this trash talking and stuff coming from Jake Paul, that's clearly an act. Does he oh, not yeah. realize that McGregor is like the one who would just, I was thinking McGregor might just fly from Ireland, show up at his <laughs> doorstep, beat the shit out of him, and then fly back to Ireland. Like within, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah. No, I, I could honestly, yeah, that's the thing. Like, obviously, he's trying to hype up a fight and get people like us to talk about it, but still, it's just. I like how I you don't look, know about people it. like us talking about it. Like, hey, that's some lofty stuff right there. It is. <laughs> it, we're the media. We're, yeah. we're just doing our job, is all. So. That is true. Anything else you got on the sports front? Golf has wrapped up. I got nothing else for the golf world. Uh, we before the new season starts, we'll definitely come out with you know our top prospects for the year, but we'll wait until further episodes to do such. We will. We had the Celtics on tonight preseason start. Oh, so that's... nope, nope. I I what? can't allow it. Preseason? Excuse me? You're oh, talking... the season start. The season technically starts tonight. Preseason, yeah. Preseason games, or are you talking about an actual like seasonal game? The 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 Celtics are playing in an organized basketball event tonight. Is it part of the regular season win loss record? It is not. I can't allow it then. I can't allow it on the cast. I, you don't have to allow anything on the cast. I'm just telling the people that the Celtics season is starting in a mere, you know, handful of weeks is all. In the Bruins shortly after too. Second That's week your January. headline. That's your headline you gotta go with. The Celtics are starting up in a couple of weeks. In the Bruins shortly after, so stay on the lookout. Okay. Well, let's move on to this, Drew. This is going to be, you know, one of our favorite segments we've ever done, I think. We'll do a a little over-under segment here. And would you like to introduce the topic here that the the folks will be talking about? Oh, man. It's, uh, you know, it's probably been close to a month since we last surfaced this, this conversation. I don't know if you're kind of throwing me to the wolves here and wanting me to introduce this topic, (laughs) but I'll just do it. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I feel comfortable saying this right now. You got to, you have to, (laughs) you are all in on this. Where did it come from? Like, I will say it surfaced from snap. No, it surfaced from, you know, a couple of concerning Snapchats that we got within the, (laughs) the total pod group that we are in encompassed in oh okay well what we had talked about is how sometimes it looks like certain people are not staying up to a normal respective standard in terms of their hygiene yes and that we have to set the over under here drew so we might as well give the give the over under uh, 
of this so particular tonight, person. Tonight we are setting the over under on number of showers Kenzie Quinn has taken in 2020. In a calendar year, yeah. This is is this is year to, is this year to date present tonight or are we accounting for the next two weeks of December? We can average out the next two weeks of December, but we can also then push a line coming up in 2021 and get the fans interested here. Uh, what would you set the line at? I think that's the the biggest or the toughest challenge that we have as the odds makers here. Hmm. You got to think so. Hold on, hold on. No, I'm doing it in my head. I'm doing it in my head. Some factors that I so... take into account is I'm not showering every day. You know, like sometimes there's a day that I would skip uh, if I didn't do much around the house or if I just didn't get to showering. I would okay, say I most my, days I'm an everyday under. shower, right? That's yep. like what we have to think along the mindset. And then you have to put yourself in the mindset of, of Kenzie, my brother. So this is what I've done. I agree. I don't think that, I mean, I definitely don't shower every single day religiously because I don't really do anything. I just sit in my room and work. Mm -hmm. um, Especially so pandemic times. You got to take yeah. in pandemic. Yeah. So this might sound a little bit disrespectful. Okay. I did 365 days in the year. Yep. That's if you showered every single day of the year. Mm-hmm. Divided by two and then added 30 days sprinkled in where he may have showered on consecutive days to get to 212 and a half. Is that too low for the over under? 212 and a half is the line. I like that. No, I would uh, I would have been around the same, I would think. I was thinking, you know, every other day. And then you throw in 30 where, you know, maybe he showered, the, you know, that next day. I think, Drew, I'm going to be honest. I think it might be too high. I was gonna say I thought you would say too low. I wanna I wanna, I wanna put it at one ninety. I'm gonna put mine at one ninety nine and a half. Really? Yeah. I mean, do you want to do you want to start there? Then we can start there, and we can. No, we'll have our separate lines, or we can average them out. So you had two twelve and a half. I had one ninety nine and a half. Yep. Yeah. Let's we'll take the median. We'll take the middle of that. Okay. Yeah. So folks, get get your. Uh... Submissions get into us. Get, get so get in 206. A flat 206, Drew. Okay. Let's make it 205 and a half just so we, okay. we don't have a, a push on this. <laughs> 205 and a half showers in, a, in the calendar year of 2020. Yeah, with, with okay. two weeks okay. remaining that we will average out uh, based upon, you know, yeah. how the year has went. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, like, that's not gross. Like, I, I would say I'm around there. No no doubt. Like, I, I'm not a clean person. <laughs> I I'm am. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm just not, like, I, like, I mean, average, yeah, if I go On average, what would you say, like, every, are you in every other day for the most part? Like, in a, in a week, in a week's yeah. time, I would say, in two weeks' time, I would probably skip, like, a, a day or two of showers, so maybe one a week. Where you're I skipping one a week? M maybe. I'm like skipping two a week, three a week. I'm pretty diligent on the showering. I gotta be honest, I don't do anything. Like you, you don't. I think you're. I think you think that I'm over exaggerating. I do nothing. So I'd be I looking closer at a three hundred line. I think if I'm only doing one. I think I'm closer to my original number, maybe at give or take 20 to 25 more okay. of my original line. I, I think we should also, you know, gather some lines for other people. Do you, are you putting me world. on the spot? No, no, no. Well, it could be me. It could be you. It could be listeners, friends, family, yeah. significant others. Who knows? What is, what is a line outside of homeless folk? What's a respectable shower line? Yeah. For someone who has access to a shower in a private home, like where they can shower whenever they want. Like at, at what point are you like, no way? Yeah. I mean, is it like, let me just do quick math. You got to like, think is it's it concerning if you're is, under. Is, is 120 oh. 
is is one twenty and under. That's the one out of three. That's one out of three, right? Oh, like, I'm I'm aware. That's every three days. That's that's tough because you know there's stretches that they're going a fourth day without one, and then maybe making up for it. But like that fourth day has got to be bad. Putrid, like almost vomit worthy. <laughs> where you where you kind of lean over to grab your phone off the off the table, off the bedside table, and you get a whiff of your own armpit. Yeah. And your eyes water and your nose burn. <laughs> oh and then, man. All right, well, let's let's wrap it up here since we introduced that one. We'll have the folks get back to us. Uh, we'll reach out to the pod group and, and maybe get some responses back. But exactly. let's give uh, Drew's dad joke. My dad joke. Let me pull it up real quick. Brought to you by Gloucester Gear. They're back. New logo. New... Not a favorite. <laughs> new merch line for the holidays. Yep. We're not going to talk bad about the logo. We, we like it. We like it. Well, it's yeah, good. we we said not our favorite. I, I yeah, I didn't say I didn't like it. Just not our favorite one. Exactly. You Here can still get the old logo in the Christmas shopping too, so it's there not a go. reason to not get, get your it. Shopping in now, get get your stuff with the old logo or a new logo, whatever you prefer. Yep. So I have a question for you. Okay. If a child refuses to sleep during nap time, are they guilty of resisting arrest? Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I got I got that one kind right away in my way. head. I want Which, it on oh, record. So did I kind of did I take the opportunity away for you to to nail that? Yeah, but that one would have been an easy one if you said, "Are they guilty of resisting?" and then you stopped because it like that's a oh, that's a yeah. phrase that goes together. I like it though. Fair. Okay. So well, I'll wrap up here with my quote of the week. This one coming at you from Walt Whitman. And this is on life in general, Drew. I think you'll like this one. Give it to me. The powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. Beautiful. Life in general. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been a long one. It's been a good one. That's it for... This week on TWBLC Podcast Radio with our man, Pat from last year, who has now won about a 100 music uh, contests, remix contests. And we'll be seeing him on the big stage soon, playing us out. Brown Bag, Brown Bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group.